Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Voice America welcomes you to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Now, here's the host and CEO of BR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. Good morning, everybody. Um, I've received some emails from a lot of my listeners over the last couple of weeks asking me about my newly released book called Emergency Public Relations Crisis Management in a 3.0 World. And I did want to respond publicly and say that this book is available through Amazon and Barnes and Noble or Ex Libris. And yes, as an ebook, it's very, very um, cost efficient. It's only like three bucks. Um, and it will help you follow along the themes of each and every one of my shows, which covers every single solitary element of marketing and public relations. As um, a former chief marketing officer, we cover it all, not just one element. And, and related to that, today we have a guest who I'm very excited about. He is a marketing guru. His name is Brian Hemsworth. He is the, the co-founder of Newman Grace Marketing, and he is publishing a new magazine called Southern California professional magazine, and I'm very excited to have you. Brian, welcome. Hi, Cindy. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. It's, um, I'm very, very excited for you. One of the things that I think that you and I both have in common, which a lot of people in the world don't, is that we both you know, understand traditional publishing as it evolved and transitioned into digital publishing, and both elements are still very important, don't you think? Absolutely. Uh, the, the, the challenge is, is trying to pull from the best of both. And I think that's, that's something that the publishing world is going through a lot of changes right now. And if you're stuck in print, you're probably not moving forward. And if you're only digital, then you don't have the wealth of knowledge that the print publishing industry has had for the last century. Traditional publishing has done a, a lot of really good stuff, and there's a wealth of knowledge of conveying information. The problem for people in traditional publishing is that if you're not moving forward, which right now means online, it means you're sort of getting left in the dust. So there, there still is value and there's still a lot of people and a lot of us that read print magazines, but there's a lot more being read online. The flip side of that coin is the people that jump into online publishing without print publishing really have a, a loss of a lot of good information, data, and experience that we've had from print. So I see publishing in the future as being um, a, a blending of the best of both. 
and that's really sort of the approach that we took uh, when we were when we decided to start up um, SoCal Professional. And um, I, I think that you know it is a great resource for any service professional to consider, and I urge them to check out your website. And why don't you go ahead and give the give the URL? Sure. the um, The website is www uh, SoCalProfessional, and that's S-O-C-A-L-P-R-O-F-E-S-S-I-O-N-A-L dot com. And um, we actually have, when you, when you go to the site, um, we're using what we're referring to as a dual Internet platform, and it's kind of unique. Not many people are doing this. There's a lot of people that have a print version and an Internet version. There's a lot of people that have a print version only and other people that have an Internet version only. We actually have two Internet versions, and we're not doing a traditional print version. So when you go to SoCalProfessional.com, we have an HTML version. And it's got a little bit of flash in it, but it, it typically is a static page, much like many websites. And that comes from our research that shows that a lot of people, when they want to read an article online, they want to scroll down a page. In the upper right-hand corner of our home page is a second version, and if you click on that, it takes you to a, a site that is called Issue, I-S-S-U-U. And we publish a, we have a very fancy term for it, a flippy page version of it, which is a full flash version that is laid out like a magazine and you actually flip pages. We've learned that there's a whole different group of people that like to read online that way. So what we've found is why not give people what they want since digitally it's really quite easy for us to do that. So that's why the magazine is coming out really in two digital versions. <coughs> Excuse me. And, and we found um, already just with our, our first real month under our belt of the first issue being out um, that we're getting quite a mix of readers on both platforms. Oh, well, I, and, I, and I think that's really, it's almost like training wheels or a great transition into, you know, um, you know, people who prefer to have things on digital that look like print, like those who read e-books, mm-hmm. you know, especially on slick, you know, devices like an iPad where you could really flip the pages as if it were a book with, you know, with benefits. And the people who are early adopters who are used to clicking on links and fluttering around the digital universe, um, I think that it's great that you were able to provide both of those interfaces. Well, and I'll tell you one of the the things that has been good for me is um, I I sort of have a a canary in a coal mine, if you will, um, by teaching a, a class or two every semester out at Pepperdine University. I've got my fingers on the pulse of what 18 to 23-year-olds want right now, and I will tell you they are driving technology. So it was through my students that I became an early adopter years ago of MySpace and then Facebook and then Pinterest and, and everything else that's happening online. So I've done a lot of research through 18 to 23-year-olds into their reading habits. The thing that I find is that almost every one of them still has a print magazine or two that they subscribe to. And they just like it. They like to hold it in their hands. They like to read it when they're on a plane. They, they take it with them when they're waiting for class. But they read an awful lot strictly online as well. And so that's where I think the, um, the, the, the 
publishing industry has really sort of gone astray in trying to fit everybody into the same box. And in, in this case, really the idea of the magazine um, was, to, was to create a service for people in the community that you and I work in. And that is, we had a lot of marketing clients at our marketing firm who want to find ways of positioning themselves as an expert. They want to be seen as an expert or a go-to person in their field. And there's only so many publications out there in, in any given field. And we found that when they are larger firms, they, they will engage PR firms or publicists to help them get their names out. When they're smaller sole practitioners, they're not always as comfortable with that. They're not as comfortable with the cost, and they honestly just don't always understand the process. So we had clients coming to us saying, can you help us get articles published? And it's really not an area of our expertise in PR. Um, we're, we're much more of a marketing communications firm. So I would typically refer people like that out. And quite literally over lunch one day when we were talking to a client, and we happen to mention another digital magazine that we do in the travel industry for a client. And he said, why don't you do one that I could publish an article in? And I looked at my wife, and, and my wife is the CEO of our company, and I looked at her, and she looked at me, and we thought to ourselves, why can't we? And we realized there was no reason we couldn't. So that's when we just decided to leverage all of our publishing background and what we've learned over the last five years in digital publishing and we blended that with our marketing background. So it's really kind of a coming together in an awful lot of ways. And, and that was really how Southern California Professional came to be. Well, it's definitely organic then. It was that aha moment, right? It really was. And it, <clears throat> it was really through the prompting of a client who, who, who quite literally said, why don't you do a magazine that I could put an article in? And, and it, you know, it had just never occurred to us quite that way. So by, by pulling this together, the real focus of it, we, we say it's, it's for thought leaders, uh, it, it's written by thought leaders in business law and finance, but it's not written in a legal or financial journal tone. It's written in a much more of a uh, consumer tone. We, we don't want it to be um, comedic reading, but we want it to be reading that you don't have to have an MBA for. We want it to be reading that you don't have to be an accountant or attorney. It's really written almost to a voice of the average business owner. And uh, so far we've had great feedback on the tone of the book, and we're really happy about that. We feel like we've, we've really sort of found a nice niche for it. So we've, our second issue is about to come out. It'll be out in the next couple of weeks. And currently we will be working on a quarterly schedule, but already we've got people that are kind of pushing us to go at least bi-monthly because they want to see more issues more quickly. Nothing better than, you know, responding to a demand in the Absolutely. marketplace these days. And you, when you say marketing yourself as an expert, you came up of, with a term, with an acronym called FEMA, which I have to be very, very careful as an emergency incident leader and warn my listeners that this is not, you know, the FEMA that is the governmental arm that, um, you know, helps people with federal emergencies. But why don't you talk about the acronym that you created in terms of marketing yourself as an expert? Yeah, and, and you know, I, I'm one of those that I'm I trying to remember an awful lot of things, and because I do a lot of teaching and a lot of personal coaching and speaking to groups, I do try to develop memory devices, so I'm, I'm often looking at mnemonics and, and acronyms in this case, um, it really flowed out of some marketing consulting that we do 
um, either for sole practitioners, you know, that one attorney who's, who's uh, got the office and it's just him in the office, or that one accountant and, and she does taxes for her clientele, but she doesn't really have um, uh, others in her office. We've also begun doing work with individuals at larger firms. So we've kind of developed our own expertise in this area. And, and one of the things that we've developed is this sort of um, process. Um, it's a process more than a program. It's, it's not like plug in and you have to do these 87 things. But it's if I was to guide people on four things that they can do um, to promote themselves as an expert, what we've determined is the first thing that you want to do, the F is focus. And what we know now is that being a generalist is not good in this time and age for most people. It waters you down. It lowers the rates that you can charge, and, and it doesn't create any demand for your services. So when you go to the website of, let's just say it's an attorney, and that attorney says, well, I do transactions, and I do litigation, and I do wills and trusts, and I do family law. Subconsciously, we look at that and we say, this guy doesn't really know what he wants to do. Whereas when you have somebody that just waves one banner, or as I like to say, stands on one mountaintop and shouts one message, then you say, wow, this, this guy is really into that one thing. And there's a perception that they're going to be better at it. So that the first letter, F, is focus. And we suggest everybody find a focus. And I always get the question, can I have more than one focus? And the answer is yes, but you can't have too many. It doesn't mean you don't do a lot of other things, but it means the thing that you're going to talk about is really focused on one area. The E is to really sculpt an expert positioning. And by that I mean, in marketing, we know that it's really more about perception than reality. So I can't educate you on ways that you can be an expert in your field, but I can educate you on ways that you can be perceived as an expert in the field. And, and I'll, I'll go over those in just a moment. I'll just finish out the, the mnemonic on it. Once you've determined what you can be perceived as an expert in, then it's a matter of creating a message that blends the expertise and the focus. So once you have that message now, it's, I sometimes say it's almost a mantra, and it's a lot like politicians. When you ask them one question, they really find a way of answering it the way they want to answer. They answer the question they want to answer, not the one you ask. It's kind of the same way. You create a direction for the flow of conversation. And then the A of the FEMA mnemonic is you announce it. You find ways of pushing that focused expertise message out to other people. So it's really a very simple uh, process. Um, it's a little challenging for some people to actually implement it, but the, the process itself has proven itself time and time again um, to work for individuals at all levels and really in almost any field where you've got professional service providers or business consultants. And it's really a, a way that we've found that even in the leaner economic times that people can go out and build their business and increase their billable hourly rate. Well, I, I think I think mnemonics and acronyms well done. Um, I think that you explained it very well. We're going to have to take a commercial break, but we have a lot more to discuss, um, Brian. And I really want to thank you for your time, your generous um, time today, because I, I know that we're going to cover a lot of different areas and you know get more into the digital elements of things, which you explain really, really well. So. 
Stand by. Don't go away. We'll have more with Brian Hemsworth when we come back after these commercials. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. If you have a question or comment, call in at 1 866 472 5788. Now, back to the show. Here's Cindy Rakowitz. We're back and we're speaking with Brian Hemsworth, and it's all about his new publication, um, Southern California Professional Magazine. Did I say that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for short, we sometimes just say SoCal Professional. Oh, okay. SoCal Professional Magazine. And if you haven't listened to the first segment, you should go back and um, listen to what Brian has to say because it's a very interesting segment about how uh, traditional publishing and digital publishing really is best when it's blended these days. And certainly a lot of big traditional publishers like the ones that are, you know, that are based out of New York City um, certainly the ones that are still around learned how to do this right. <laughs> yeah. And it took a lot of time and experimentation. You know, I mean, I watched it. I've been in the industry, you know, from the inside out, trying to watch traditional publishers, you know, from Playboy to Rolling Stone, adapt to, you know, the traditional print-to-digital process. And some people got it and did it very, very well and still kept their brand names intact and were able to convert their traditional readers to digital readers. And some of them, very few of them, are lucky enough to still actually publish in print, um, although the print runs have gone down significantly because of the costs of printing and postage and paper. Well, and what they're, what, Cindy, what they're, you're absolutely right. And the real challenge for the print publishers has been trying to find the financial model that works online. And, you know, to, to put it bluntly, they're trying to figure out how to make money online because the old model was based on advertising and subscriptions and single copy sales. Those were always sort of the three things, you know, kind of the holy trinity of making money in a publication. And 
um, I was at a conference where one of the top guys from National Geographic was there, and he was speaking on the subject of digital publishing. And he said, you know, we've been doing print for a long time, and we've made a lot of money, and we're really good at it. And he said, we know how to put information out online, but we're having a hard time figuring out if people want to pay by the article, they even want to pay at all. The advertisers are having a hard time valuing readership online. It's not that they don't want to advertise it on, online, but they're having, a, having trouble determining what the value is. And the one thing that print still has is that you can hold it in your hand. You send a copy to a client, they see their name in lights, and they like that, and they value that. Online, you're not quite sure who's there, and we get these great digital reports, and you know, 10,000 people read this article, but it's kind of a number on a page. Well, so, I mean, but a person, just like a person can see their name in print, they could do a Google search on themselves and see how their rankings are. And, I mean, and, for those of us that have been in the conversion process for 20 years, I mean, you know, or selling advertising from the print side to the, di- to, the, to the adjacency billboard digital side, okay, will make the argument that for those that like to see their names on TV or, on, you know, in print, if they go into Google, they could see their names a lot more. If, and, you know, absolutely. And, and, in fact, that is really a core premise behind Southern California Professional. So for clients of ours that are writing, and it's not exclusively clients of ours, but it is, uh, uh, we're, we're, we're pulling from our client base to help contribute to the magazine. And in return for, for the articles that are in there, <clears throat> when they have the, the article in both platforms, plus they have... Um, the ability to blog on our site, plus they have a contributor bio, it's creating a whole series of links that are going back to their own website. And really the value is just as much in those links going back because Google sees every one of them. And Cindy, I've got just a a quick story on that. I was absolutely amazed at this. As you say, we've we've been in this conversion process for a decade trying to see how it's all going and, and we all have to learn as we go. Uh, even three years ago, I used to say, if you put something online, you're, you're waiting maybe three months for Google to pick it up. And two years ago, we were saying, well, it might, you might be waiting a month. And this last year, we've been saying that, you know, it sometimes is a matter of weeks. Well, I did a blog posting on Southern California Professional at my office. And it was about 4.30 in the afternoon. And as soon as I hit the publish button, I got in my car, and I was about to head out to Malibu to go teach a class, but I stopped at a coffee bean to get a coffee. And as I was waiting for my coffee on my smartphone, I did a quick Google just to check and see how the magazine was doing. And 14 minutes after I posted the blog, Google had already picked it up. Isn't that it amazing? It it's a, it's blew just, me away. Well, you know away. what's so great, and what I wanted to bring up to you, is, you know, I am a recipient of your direct mail. And what you did, rather than just being blown away yourself, is you explained to your contacts, okay, your, you know, the people who you have on your mailing list, your clients and colleagues, exactly what happened in that moment. And you told them to try it themselves. And that's where you kind of closed the gap between what, for some reason or another, publishers like to keep secret. <laughs> and um, you are really engaging your clients, customers, colleagues 
in the process with great enthusiasm and teaching them as you go along and asking them to engage in the process and see the magic. And I thought that that was very unique. Well, Cindy, I tell you, when I I took one of those, uh, uh, I think it was from the book Strengths Finder, and somebody gave me the book, and I read the book, and you take a little test online, and it tells you um, some business personality types. And one of the things that identified me as was a learner. And I thought that was a little funny, but when it described it, it said learners often teach, and they teach as a means of learning more. And and that, that was a light bulb going on over my head because it really explained something about me. I teach because I love to learn more. So I always test everything before we go and, and coach our clients on it. Um, so I was an early adopter of blogging, and, and I've blogged very poorly, and I've blogged very successfully. So I've, I've learned through the School of Hard Knocks on many of these different things. But I'm constantly looking and testing and trying, and that's that to me is really the way to do it. Um, it. Anything that we talk about or that we do, we don't want it to be empty promises. But I will tell you that, you know, I used to think it was going to be Microsoft that was going to take over the world. I kind of think it's Google now because that it was so surprising to me that a small posting that I did would appear on page one search results of our magazine 14 minutes after I posted it. And that just tells me how strong Google is in the flow of information it's in our incredible. world. It's incredibly strong. And I want to say to my listeners, you make a very, very good point. Um, one, of, one of the people who I worked with early on in my career um, said to me that you're nothing when you stop learning, no matter how high you get in corporate ranks, which is mm-hmm. the world that I came from and which he certainly was in. Um, you know, if you, the day that you stop learning is the day that you die. So your your identification as a learner is definitely a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's um, you know, it it might seem a little surprising, but you're never the great CEOs in this universe know that they have to continue to learn. The ones that succeed are the ones that know that they don't know it all. Yeah, and. and- and when, when you open yourself up to that learning, um, it, it really has helped in the Web 2.0 era because things are changing so fast. And when, when MySpace was on the rise and it was growing, 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 before much of the world really caught on, the world that was involved in it made a migration over to Facebook. And we saw an empire begin become an empire, and shrink in literally two to three years. Can you believe that? It was so fast. So when I talk to my students right now out at Pepperdine and I ask them about what they're doing, their belief is that the world revolves around Facebook. And one of the things that I say to them is Facebook is very powerful. I use it with a lot of clients. But I will tell you, what you need to do as you go forward is be prepared for whatever the next one is and know that something is going to bump it sooner or later. And it doesn't mean it's going to go away, but it's not going to have quite the same grip. The way you and I, we worked in publishing, but we grew up in a television age. So a lot of us in, in advertising, um, a lot of the, the, the baby boomers the, and, and certainly Gen X, we think in television terms initially. We think of the shows that we grew up with, you know, the mashes and the all in the family and cheers and friends and stuff like that. Well, 
kids that are the millennials right now, they're thinking in, in much different, they're thinking Hulu, they're thinking Facebook. Um, I, I know that my students, a desktop computer is way too big for them. A laptop is still on the large size. They would like everything in their life to come through their phone now. Which is, you know, it's again, it's really, really amazing. But that that takes the 2.0 to the 3.0, and um, you know, mobile communications is, you know, that's the way people want to get their information. Whether it's seeing a movie, reading a book, you know, watching a television show, it's, um, you know, it's content on demand in the in the smallest, most portable platform, and you know, people really do have to think that way when they're producing content of any kind, but they also have to understand that they have to do something that's so substantial that it's going to be able to conquer multiple windows in communication for the many, 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 you know, demographics that are out there and have a demand for information. So Absolutely. Well, and as a, as a com- communication professional yourself, you and, you and I share the need to be able to communicate through all the different media. The thing that I, I'm, I'm happy about for, for people like you and, and people like me is that <clears throat> content really still is critical. So if you're good at communicating, then it simply is a matter of finding the different ways of communicating through the different media. There's a, there's a term that we use over here at Newman Grace. For, for a long time, people have, have said content is king, and I, I believe that's true. But that really came out of sort of a web 1.0 mentality. And in Web 1.0, people had websites and they just kind of blurted out information. They kind of just printed their brochures. They put information. The real difference with Web 2.0 <clears throat> is that there's communication going on. It's two-way communication. There's also customer-provided content. Facebook, is all, Facebook doesn't put information up. You and I put information up. So we're still communicating, but sort of the rules are changing. So one of the things that we say here at Newman Grace right now, certainly when it relates to business, is that content is currency. And on that note, we will take a commercial break, and we will talk more about content as currency. I want everybody to remember that when we come back, so don't go away. We have more with Brian Hemsworth. Stand by. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.brpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.brpublicrelations.com. Streaming live. 
the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Get free advice from crisis communications guru Cindy Rakowitz now. Call 866-472-5788. Let's get back to Stars of PR. Here's the host and CEO of BR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. We're back, and we are talking to the founder of Southern California, I should say SoCal Professional Magazine, uh-huh. Brian Hemsworth. Um, and we, I had to cut you off for a commercial break, but we were having um, a terrific conversation at the end of our last segment where we were talking about content and the old adage that content is king, and you took it to a new level, Brian, by saying content is currency. So I'm going to ask you to go back and, you know, talk about the aha moment with content is currency and describe what you mean. Yeah, so, so what we found is that in the, in the early days of the Internet, you know, it sounds so funny, it's only 10 or 15 years ago, but in those early days, people were kind of scrambling to figure out how we're going to use this new medium. And the, the, the people that first made money were the people that had something to sell online. So the same people that were snake oil salesmen using direct mail or magazines or, or trade shows simply moved that online. But for the rest of the world, we, we've worked around trying to figure out how do we harness this and use this for our own business. And I'll use the example of an accounting firm. The accounting firm doesn't have a product that they are producing. They don't have a warehouse of inventory, and and they just have an order form online, and they sell it. So they need to be creative in the ways that they can turn that communication into profitable business. And what we've worked on is is trying to find those ways of of monetizing. And it's, it's really much more than just coming out with a product. We believe that it is the sharing of content and information. And my belief is that the more content and information that you are able to share, the more conversation you're able to have online, the more you're going to create relationships. And in professional services, it's all about relationships. People hire you, Cindy, or me because they like us and they have confidence in what we'll do. Um, so what we find online is that the more that you're able to do things, whether it's blogging or it's being active in social media, whether it's having an interactive website or certainly a content-rich website, that's what we know in the last five years has made the difference between high-growth companies and low-growth companies. And, and I just saw a survey the other day that indicated that 66% of all high-growth companies were early adopters of online media and social media and have shifted significant portions of their marketing time and budgets to that. <clears throat> and they're the ones who have kind of figured it out. Now, I would say we're also the ones that have stubbed our toes, you know, and you have to find your way. But right now the fruit has really started appearing on the trees for a lot of companies. I, I think so. I, you know, and I, it's it's really interesting. I, you know, in terms of people who are early adopters and people who got into the game early, it it's almost like people who invested in real estate, you know, 
back in the in the fifties and sixties, and when houses had real value, but they bought them for thirty two thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. And you know they didn't get caught in the real estate bubble, so you know they have this real value where their houses are like you know eight hundred. Those houses are eight hundred thousand to a million now, right? Mm-hmm. I mean that's not pretend when we're talking about that. I, I think that it's very very similar in the online market. Um, I think, you know, my online presence is kind of organic and accidental because Google started ranking me before I even knew what Google was mm-hmm. because I was such a public person in being the person in charge of marketing, communications, advertising, you know, um, Playboy Modeling Agency, being, aside from Christie and Hugh Hafner, you know, the spokesperson on the front lines for this very, this highly branded publicly traded company. Okay, so everything I said was recorded. Everything. And this was, you know, 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, so when Google first started, you know, showing, you know, rankings, everything that I did in you know, with the Playboy affiliation was there. And I, you know, but I didn't even know what Google was, but people were able to find me. And what that did, like those houses that you bought for $32,000, it has give, given me this, this sort of Google cred that is very, very hard for others to have because of where I was at the time that the Google boom began. Absolutely. We, we call it Google juice. Right. And, and, and the things that you have, the, the, the content currency that you have, uh, we, we just informally call Google juice. And that's where, where uh, there's a positive side to that. You've benefited from that. I have clients who have had the opposite happen in that. Um, I have one client who very unfortunately shares the name of a serial murderer from the 70s. So when you Google his name you see a lot of articles from the 70s and 80s when this guy was, you know, running around killing people and then caught and then tried. Um, and, and he is, we've worked with him orchestrating ways of getting his name above the old news names. And so there's, there, there is positive and negative, but the thing that we all need to realize is that it is happening. There's, there's no way around it. I have a slightly different uh, thing that happened to me when I first Googled myself. I didn't find me until page seven of Google results. And whenever I speak to a public group, I go, how many of you get past Google page one? Very few of us do. A lot of us don't even scroll down on Google page one anymore. So page seven, you're basically out of the game. And there was a, a, a audio engineer, a guy who, who works on train noise in England who'd published a lot of articles. He was there. There was a, uh, a kid going to school in the Midwest that I shared a name with, and he was very active um, on MySpace, and so his name came up. And there was an architect, I think, in Australia, and he had authored some books. So they all came up ahead of me, and they dominated the first couple pages. But I'll tell you that I I worked with a guy that I learned SEO from about six or seven years ago. I learned a lot of the basics from. We did some marketing for their firm, and and during the process, he educated me a lot on SEO. Within a month, I was able to get my name on page one, 
And in under three months, I was able to get my name to the top of page one. Um, so there is movement, and, 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 that, and all of that helps. But much like you, what I find now is a lot of my earlier articles still are very high on that. So um, it, it is, it's investing. It's investing and then getting the interest paid in your own Google ability for people to find you. And that's really what we're trying to do on Google is for people to be able to find us quickly and find us before they find our competition. No, exactly right. And um, I think let's go back to SoCal Professional Magazine, what you're helping people do in terms of sharing their expertise in an entertaining, engaging, you know, relevant manner is you're helping, you know, with their Google juice, you know, and keeping them current and increasing the rankings that they want to increase algorithmically. And in the cases where there may have been a negative alliance in the past, I just want to say to my listeners, because we talk about reputation management a lot on this show, that it, you know, if something happened that wasn't really good and your name's affiliated with it, it's very, very easy to bop that down to the bottom um, by constantly replacing it with things that are more relevant on the top. And, um, in fact, what we do in our PR and marketing business, crisis management business, is we always ask our clients to Google themselves on a daily basis. And, you know, to know what everybody else is saying about them, to watch and see how people are responding to an article that they may have written. Because if something negative should happen, it's really easy to manage it down, particularly if you update, you you could acknowledge that information, update it in your own terms, and make it more relevant than what other people have said. Well, and it's Cindy, that that's so true, and and we're seeing that in in large ways and in small ways. In in the small ways, it might just be somebody commenting on you or your company or or your product in a review on a consumer site somewhere. So you know, you you have a new book out. Um, people on Amazon on Barnes and Noble have the ability to review the book. People in chat rooms on the subject of PR have the ability to comment. So one of the things that, that I believe is that we can't necessarily control everybody else, but we certainly can be a part of the conversation, and we can help shepherd the conversation. And that's where with, with Southern California Professional, um, when we work with each of our clients who become contributors and also the contributors who are coming from outside that we've invited in, what we typically do is we, we kind of bounce back to that, that FEMA uh, acronym and we say, you know, what is the focus of what you do? How can we best leverage that in a piece that will make you look like an expert in it? And then let's use it. And, and we actually recommend to our writers in print now to think in a keyword way. What are the keywords that people will search for um, when they are talking about you or your business or the area of practice that you are in, and write the article with those words in it. So we've learned just from the Internet in general. So we write our headlines differently now, and we kind of get those keywords in those headlines. used to be that you just tried to write a headline that got people to read the article. Well, we'd like people to read the article, but I really want Google to find the article. 
No, exactly. Well, listen, you bring up another keyword in bringing up keywords. And um, I want to take a commercial break. We have one more segment together, Brian. Um, and we will talk about keywords. I think you could think of the next segment as, you know, taking social media to the next level. We covered Google, and now we could talk about keywords. We could talk about key- what keywords really mean and how, you know, professionals can use them efficiently and um, gain more content currency, as you call it. So don't go away. Um, one final segment left with Brian Hemsworth and uh, Southern SoCal Professional Magazine. And, Brian, why don't you go ahead and give the URL right now? The URL is www.socalprofessional.com. All right. Well, everybody ought to check it out, and we'll have one more segment with Brian. Don't go away. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Cindy Rakowitz has won more awards than she can hang on her wall, including three Clios. Call in now at 1-866-472-5788 and you can have one. Okay, maybe not, but she will answer your questions. Back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. We're back, and we're going to talk about social media with Brian Hemsworth. And we talked, we left the last segment talking about keywords. And, you know, Brian, I wanted you to explain to everybody. I mean, most people know what it is, but I wanted to hear it in your terms. Yeah, and, and the key to keywords is to think strategically. So in our, in our Web 2.0 world, there's, there's really three things that have made it different. We're connecting with people in ways that we didn't before. We are conversing with them, two-way conversation that we weren't doing before, and we're creating content. Anybody can create content. You can review a restaurant. You can blog. You can create a blog in five minutes. And because of that, it's putting a lot of information at our fingertips. And really, the control of information has moved from companies and manufacturers to consumers. So when somebody's reading something, they can instantly just click away, and it's the very nature of Internet searching. So we've learned that if you 
create your content, if you write your blog, if you write your website, the press releases that you put out, anything that you put out online, if you just think a little bit of how somebody else might find it, or another way of saying that to, to professionals out there is, how might, what would a potential client of yours be looking for online? And the words or the terminology that they come up with, that's really what you want to build into your keywords. And I do have a challenge with that with attorneys and with accountants and with other professional service providers and business consultants is they use a lot of big terms and technical terms, but it's not necessarily what the general public uses. So uh, an example of that is the attorneys that go to court, they're the litigators. But most of us think the guy that goes to court is just an attorney. We don't think of them as having a specialty. So when we've worked with some litigators, we do put litigation onto their website and into their blogs, but we have to keep reminding people that they're attorneys and that they're lawyers. And Google actually looks at the words attorney, attorneys, lawyer, and lawyers differently. And when you see, when you, when you can actually go onto Google and see how many times people have searched for those terms, people use different terms. So just a little bit of strategy in the way you write can yield big results just based on the keywords that you put into your content. No, I, I think that's really true. I, what we found, you know, listen, public relations is, you know, everybody's using the term public relations, people who do it, people who don't do it. And what's really interesting is having the term emergency public relations did amazing things in terms of people visiting our website. You know, oh, absolutely. Um, it, it, the term emergency, when a person that doesn't really know um, you know, the way that sophisticated service professionals use certain business names. Um, they're just on the other end trying to find somebody and they're typing in terms, you know, that they use every day. So let's say they have, you know, um, a situation that really requires some public relations management. You know, it's, uh, you know, uh, it was, you know, the threat of a hostile takeover or, you know, having to file for bankruptcy and, you know, knowing that they have to address that publicly or, you know, an unfortunate crime that had taken place in their company and they know that they have to address it. What they're going to do is they're going to go and they're going to do a search emergency public relations situation. Yeah, they, they, if, if we were to go to a public relations class, they would talk about crisis management. But the person, when that crisis is happening at their company, doesn't think, well, I need crisis management. They think, I've got a problem. I've got an emergency. Find somebody to help me now. Right, right. And that's how they think. And that, so you, you, you did what we refer to as a long-tail search. You added something to the generic search term. And the great thing about that is the more you do that, the more you become perceived as the expert in that specific area. And I recommend that to everybody. If you're a pizza shop, if you're an attorney, if you're a manufacturer, that's, that's one of those mountaintops that you want to find and stand on the top of and shout from. So it, when, when you found that term emergency, that's what they refer to as this long tail search. Sometimes we do it now with geography so that, uh, you know, if you're pizza, there's no way in the world you're going to be at the top of Google just with the search pizza as a, as a little shop, you know, in the San Fernando Valley. But what you might be able to do is, is to own the term 
thick crust pizza in Woodland Hills. And that's not hard to do at all. So what we recommend to people is figure out who your clientele is, figure out where they are, and figure out the terms they use. The best thing you can do is ask clients and potential clients what they search for. And that's where, again, with the attorneys, it's kind of funny because they always think they know what the terms are. But it's really the terms that their clients who aren't yet clients are using. And those are the ones that you need to sort of find. Once you do, those can be gold on Google. No, it, gold on Google. You know, you say things so well, Brian. <laughs> um, you know, I know you talked before about how you were a learner and a teacher, and I know that you're one of the few marketing experts out there that really understands research, and there are a lot of marketing experts that don't. And when um, we put together some, you know, topic points for this show, you talked about social media trends, and we covered a lot of that, but you also mentioned things like eye-tracking studies, and I wanted to know if you wanted to explain these studies a little bit more. Well, yeah, and, and some research just came out really in the last six months that studied. They, they literally put cameras on top of computer terminals, and they w- tracked people's eyes when they were on Facebook and they were on LinkedIn, and, and some other social media sites, and they watched where their eyes went. And what they found is that typically the eyes stay towards the top of the page and towards the main area of the wall. And really what they look at, they look at your picture and they look at your most recent postings. And the eyes go right to that, and they don't look at most of the rest of the page. On LinkedIn, one of the findings there was, again, they look at your picture, they look at your title, and they look at about the top third of the page, and they don't go anywhere past. Now, it doesn't mean that nobody ever does, but it means the vast majority of people go to the page, they take a quick scan of who you are, they're making a connection, and then they're probably moving on. So one of the things that we've been saying to people is, you know, if you haven't updated the photo in a while, update your photo. Get a photo that you like. Get a photo. Pay the money to have a photographer give you a photo that you like. We have more problems with clients getting their pictures taken than just about anything. Have a photo you like. I have clients that say, oh, do I really have to have a photo? Yeah, you do. You have to have a photo because you're making a personal connection. And then the other thing is those very top items, your, your little bio items, who you are, um, the little status items, those really have turned out to be much more important than we thought. We kind of think of them as throwaways. Yeah, you post something up there and pretty soon it will be gone. But on that day, that's what everybody's going to look at. And that really just came out of research of watching where people look at in social media. It is kind of amazing how a LinkedIn profile that's done to its full capacity can really make a difference, huh? Oh, yeah. Well, and we thought that, that it was uh, in the early days of LinkedIn, we thought it was about what college you went to and that you really you know, needed to pack that stuff. Well, we believe that you need a, a, a fully filled out profile, but what we've learned is that what people kind of do is they scan it quickly, and just having a filled out profile is really the first step. They're not going to read a lot of the stuff, but you kind of look at it and you go, oh, they've done a lot of stuff. Now I can move on. Well, we've come to the end of our show, and I really want to thank you for making it action-packed and full of useful information. This is Brian Hemsworth with SoCal Professional Magazine, www.socalprofessional.com. I urge you to check out the website and the publication. Um, I urge you, if you want to have immediate Google ability or as 
uh, Brian calls it Google Juice. Um, is that what you called it? Google Juice, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, to please check out that URL. If you missed the beginning of the show, go ahead and listen from the beginning. Incredibly, incredibly useful information. And Brian is an incredible resource and expert in this industry. And I, you know, I can't think of a better person who could help you navigate through this process, which has become somewhat complex. And, um, Brian, this show will probably be uploaded, um, you know, at the end of the, by end of the day tomorrow when the engineers get around to it. So check it out and proliferate. Cindy, thank you so very much. Really appreciate it. Happy to, uh, to be here and, and uh, love chatting with you. All right. Well, you take care. Everybody have a great, safe weekend. And um, this will be repeated. I think the show will be repeated next week. You'll have a rebroadcast of this, and then I'll see, talk to everybody again live on the 26th. Everybody take care. Thank you for listening to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Please come back next Thursday and every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern for more insider information on the world of public relations with Cindy Rakowitz on Stars of PR. See you next week. I am an American Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com.